Welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. This podcast is strengthening the tile industry. We're doing this with our weekly business education designed for contractors by contractors. This education is assisting tile contractors around the world to build sustainable, profitable businesses. The result is a stronger industry from the installer up. Today, we've got another great topic. We are going to be discussing digital marketing secrets for contractors. That's right. I have the author of this book, Matt Tebow, Tebow. and Matt is uh, somebody who, who knows contractor struggle, struggles well. Matt performs speaking engagements around the world. Uh, he does webinars regularly. He gives back to the contractor community with his regular uh, assistance. He, he helps contractors make more money via digital marketing in today's competitive online market. But before we bring him on, I want to take a minute to thank our sponsors of Tile Money. These are the companies who are investing back into you, the installer, the listener. Uh, they understand and see and are aware of a need to strengthen your businesses. They know that building a stronger tile contractor base will result in a stronger, sustainable industry. And we're very thankful to have them. They, they see the struggle of the smallest contractor up and they, they provide input, not just with sponsorship, but also with uh, getting involved in conversations online in our Facebook group, as well as being on the podcast. I want to thank the NTCA, the National Tile Contractors Association, and congratulate them on their 75th anniversary this year. For 75 years, they've been the voice of the tile contractor. Uh, Laidacrete International, another sponsor of ours. Thank you, Laidacrete. One of the, the foremost leading innovators in the tile installation industry. GoBoard. GoBoard is a lightweight backer board by Johns Manville. And Happy Tile Guy. Thank you, Happy Tile Guy. That is where you can get your tile contractor websites made. Uh, and I appreciate my patrons who donate monthly to support Tile Money Podcast. All right. Well, let's bring Matt on, and I want to encourage you to stick around to the end of the show. We've got a we've got a gift for you. Matt has generously uh, donated some stuff, but we'll we'll talk about that towards the end here. Uh, let me bring Matt on. Hey, Matt. Hey, Luke. How's it going, my man? It's going good. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we we've been you know talking for a while. You know, maybe maybe six months or so, and and planning to do this podcast, and so it's. It's good to finally get you, you know, our schedules aligned. We're both been busy, you know, it's been a busy summer and everything, but I'm happy to have you. I, uh, I, I got your book and I read it and this is a, a, a solid book. I mean, this, I could recommend this for any contractor tile or other, uh, because you go through these seven steps and that's, that's what we're going to talk about today really. And I'll let you start that. But before we get into the business discussions and the marketing, let's hear about who Matt is. Who, who are you? Where do you come from? What do you do? And how'd you land up as a digital marketer? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. So I'm based in uh, Ottawa, Ontario in Canada. And, um, you know, the way that I got into to marketing and it's been like a pretty interesting progression, you know, before I ever uh, owned a business in marketing. I was actually came from uh, the show business, so I used to actually do like professional bike stunts. You okay, can imagine like like um, bicycle so did, or, or motorbike or uh, on a bicycle. A yeah. bicycle. Okay. So um, did that throughout uh, high school and uh, managed to actually turn it into like a little business that was making decent money for a high school kid. Sure. And uh, that was my first big dream, and then I realized. 
I don't know if I actually want to be like 40 years old doing this. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think everyone realizes at some point, some things are better left as a hobby instead of a business. And so I uh, still have a lot of fun doing it, but it's not what I'm doing for a living today. Yeah. Um, and so the way that I got into, you know, working with contractors was kind of, I really just fell into it. I mean, I really quickly realized that I had a passion for marketing, you know, through the show business stuff. And I had a, I was lucky enough to have a really good mentor and he was involved in uh, industrial construction type marketing. And I worked with him for a year for free actually. And he taught me a lot of really, really valuable stuff. And then when I graduated from school, I got placed in a, I got a job pretty quickly and it was for a construction company. And, uh, I was their only marketer in their entire marketing department. And they just kind of threw me in there and they're like, all right, like figure out how to, you know, make this work. And so it was kind of baptism by fire, I think. And, uh, did that for about six months, paid off my student debt. And then, uh, I went out on my own in my agency and I, you know, I, uh, experimented with a bunch of other businesses, but I always found I came back to contracting construction industry just because, it's something that I just naturally have a good affinity for. I mean, my grandfather was a contractor as well. And so um, it's just something that just seems very familiar to me. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Once you're in, once you're in the industry, it's hard to leave um, the people, you know, it's, it's probably a lot, a lot about the people I would imagine. Um, now, you mentioned that you worked for free. Was that, did I catch that right? You were like in high school still? Yeah, I was in, uh, I was finishing up university and I went on a mountain biking trip with my dad and he introduced me to one of his friends. His name was Steve. And uh, Steve was a very successful um, marketing consultant for a bunch of different businesses. And uh, it kind of came to the point, I was in a place in my life where I kind of realized the biking thing wasn't really what I wanted to do, but I didn't really know what I did want to do either. So I kind of just asked Steve straight up, like, can you help me? Like, you seem successful um, you know, you're doing this marketing thing. Like I kind of want to just do what you do. Yeah. And, uh, and so he was like, yeah, sure. And, um, and he was like, yeah, you can help me out. Like I'll give you courses and like teach you what I know, but you know, uh, didn't make a ton of money or anything from working with him. Like it basically worked for free. Um, but really I didn't even like, I didn't even ask for money because I was like, I'm just so happy that I get to learn from someone who knows the ropes, you know? Yeah. I was wanting to highlight that. I mean, that is a, uh, it's a, it's a good strategy for young people. Um, and I've, I mean, I've seen people of all ages, you know, do that strategy if they want to learn something. I mean, there's more than one ways, one way to learn. Right. Um, and to be honest, even if you go through like, I mean, even if you went to eight years of college and then, you know, you're going to go practice what you learn and you have to relearn everything from what I understand. Um, for the most part. So that's why, you know, I mean, and contractors will get this concept pretty quick because we learn by doing for the most, mm-hmm. most of us. Um, so what a genius idea to just jump right in and be like, Hey, this guy's obviously got money. He's smart. He's successful. Let's, let's hang around him. I mean, at, at a young age for you to be able to grasp that concept and, you know, you could have been out partying, but you were like, let's, <laughs> let's think about my future. I mean, that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's how you start any business, right? I think like if it's a, whether it's a contracting business, whatever, it's like, you know, your first job might be for pretty much peanuts, but then you take some pictures of that job. Maybe the person gives you a reference and then you take that and then you build on that and then you build on that. And so it's, it's this constant process, you know? Yeah, we talk a lot about, you know, charging enough and being profitable, mm-hmm. which is, is true. I mean, that'll never go away. Like you've got, if you're, if you're running a business, you've got to be profitable, but a lot of times I see the younger people come up and be like, well, you know, how can I charge like some of the older ones who have been in it and have a 5, mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20 year reputation? It's just not always going to happen. Um, and you've got to kind of put your time in. And in fact, I've encouraged people to do things for free. I mean, it's not always all about the money. I mean, let's say you're trying to introduce, you know, like a linear drain or an LED in your in your shampoo niche, right, Matt? You want to you want to introduce a new concept to your area. You know, maybe everybody's stuck with 12 by 12 or 12 by 24 inch tile on their walls and you want to introduce them. You might have to say, Hey, nor, you know, I, I, this is going to take me an extra day. How about I give it to you for free? It's going to be a cool design, you know, sketch it out, sell them on the idea, give it for free. Then you can get, take photos, take some professional photos or the best photos you can. That way you can start promoting it and say, you actually did it. You know, hey, I did this uh, unique design or, you know, like I'm saying, maybe some LEDs or whatever the case might be so that you can turn around and start selling it and profiting it. And I mean, you know, so people I, I, I think people sometimes get the impression that I'm like, raise those prices up as high as you can and always charge and never, you know, there's times when you got to put your work in, you know, you got to do stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm a big believer in like, you know, um doing your due diligence and just, uh, you know, there's the concept of the 10 dark years, right? Like putting, putting in your 10, 10,000 hours or 10 dark years, however you want to put it. And so this will be, uh, my sixth year owning my own company, but you know, in terms of doing marketing, like I've, I've been doing marketing since I was like, maybe like 17. So it's been a while. Okay, cool. Yeah. You got started young. That's what I'm saying. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So let's jump into this book. What inspired you? First of all, congratulations. You're an author. You've got a great book. I have it. I've read it. Um, it's easy to read. You know, it's it's to the point. Um, you don't pull any punches. You don't belabor points, and you get right to it. So uh, what inspired you to make this book? And then maybe just introduce it. Uh, give us yeah. an overview. Yeah, so I, I started writing the book right when COVID hit, basically, because what I realized was um, – there's a massive shift in the online marketing space when that happened. I think that like, you know, online marketing was definitely becoming more of a thing and then COVID hit and that really, I think, opened a lot of people's eyes up to um, this digital shift that we're having. Mm -hmm. So I took that as an opportunity to be like, now is the time to write this book because I think a lot of people in the next couple of years are going to need this information in order to make that shift properly, right? Um. And then also the reason that I wrote it is because um, uh, there was a huge kind of, I don't know about where you are, but here, like in this area, you know, home improvement industry just shot up the demand for that. Sure. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, um, the, the, the industry shot up in demand, but what that also means is that it's harder and harder now for a lot of contractors to be able to differentiate and be able to land those jobs because there's a lot more fly by night type contractors, people who are just like, Oh wow, this is something, this is uh, something that's blowing up right now. Let's start like a, this quick, 
company, right? A quick tile company or whatever, and we'll hire some subcontractors, whatever, and, and start doing this. So it was also kind of spawned from that. It's like, what can the contractor use in their arsenal to be able to differentiate as well? So that's the reason why I started writing it. Um, and then, um, yeah, I can't remember what your second question was, but that was basically why I started and wrote it. Yeah. You saw the need. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I got a, um, a follow-up question on that. You know, yeah. you mentioned the, the influx of work. I mean, that's true. I think, um, down, you know, everywhere that I know of in North America, uh, for sure. Contractors are just busy, you know, um, they're turning away work. Right. And so when sure. I, mentioned marketing it's kind of one of those subjects that right now it's really hard to sell a contractor on the value or the importance of even marketing even having a simple website you know with happy tile guy we sell websites well i have too much work well with a website i tell them you typically it's going to take you know six months to 24 months before google catalog you know you know recognizes it and you know, starts to push a lot of traffic your way. So you might as well start mm-hmm. thinking now for two years in the future. What what would you tell that contractor? Because I know there's a lot of contractors saying, well, I have a flood of work right now in sure. uh, April of 2022. I don't want any more work. What would you tell them? Why is it important to actually market during the busy years? Sure. Well, I would say that what they might not be considering is like, what type of work are you taking on and how profitable is that work? Because mm-hmm. if you might be super busy, but we, you and I both know that contractors are notorious for not respecting their time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll drive out somewhere without qualifying a lead. They'll do all sorts of stuff that um, they're simply not protecting their time. And it's really not their fault. Um, you know, they're focusing on doing a great job and making people happy. But, you know, a lot of contractors struggle with the actual business side of it. And so the first thing I would say is, Let's analyze the jobs that you're doing. What's actually most profitable for you? Hey, why don't we use some marketing to be able to position yourself so that you can get higher quality jobs, charge more like you're saying, so you're doing a lot less work, you're making a lot more money, and then maybe the extra leads, you create a strategic partnership with a company that maybe uh, handles lower-end jobs or something, and you pass those jobs to them or something like that, right? And so that's the first thing I would say is like, cool, you're doing a lot of jobs, but like, are you actually making money on you profitable? The second thing too, is that like, um, you know, a lot of contractors get to a certain level in their business where they're kind of like, cool, like this size is what I'm comfortable with. They get, you know, if a contractor is saying I'm getting booked out for like the entire year, you're either doing like a couple like really big commercial jobs or you have a very small crew. And so the next thing I would challenge is like, cool. Like you're, you're super busy. Have you considered hiring more help so you can systemize this business more so that you can actually get out of the tools? Cause you and I both know as well, it's like my biking business. Like, do you really want to be 60 years old laying down on your knees doing tile? Like it would be nice to be able to build a company you can actually grow and sell one day too. So that's the thing is like, cool, you're busy right now, but have you thought about the future and how you can actually hire more help and build a system? Right? So those are the two things that I would say. I like it. I like it. Yeah, it makes sense. And that's, that's exactly right. I mean, we've got to think about our, our fifties and sixties as flooring or tile installers. Um, it's just, you know, I thought I was bulletproof too. (laughs) I really did, man. But you know, as, as my thirties came, I started feeling more and more aches. And then in the Mm forties, it's like, man, you know, I gotta, I gotta figure out a plan and actually plan, you know, some sort of, 
um, growth for my company so I can, you know, take, take it, you know, uh, more of a management role or, you know, exactly. what, I, what I ended up doing with, you know, helping contractors via this podcast, um, you know, was, was another plan. A lot of people just figured they'll go work for a company like as a representative. Um, but that doesn't always work out. So it would be better, you know, I would rather see more contractors strengthen their business and, you know, have that retirement pension that they've self-funded as well as, you know, employees and, uh, the ability to scale it because you don't know what one day from the next, even if you're young, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you get hurt, you know, something happens. Uh, it's good to have employees. It's good to have a, a business plan that actually functions like a business. Exactly. Yeah. So take us through the high level of your book. You've got, um, like seven <laughs> steps in here and I'll, I'll stop you from time to time and maybe ask some yeah. questions. Yeah, for sure. So like step number one, basically what I would start off by saying is just like, every contractor can relate to this probably is the price shopper, right? Like someone who picks up the phone, they're like, yeah, I want some tiling done in my bathroom. Awesome. Cool. And they're like, what's your price? What's your best price? What's the lowest you could do? Like what's your whatever. Right. And I think that that's a pain point for every contract. You know, I talk to at this point, like tons of contractors and a lot of them are just pretty much at the point where they're like fed up with dealing with that. Right. Um, And the thing is, is that, you know, that's not your fault that that's happening, but it is a symptom sometimes of how you're positioning yourself in the market. What do I mean by that? Well, it's like, have you ever seen those Facebook group posts where someone says like, hey, I need a tiling job done. And then all of the comments are like, I'll do it for you fast, cheap, and like, I'll do a good job. You know, right. it's like all, all of the comments are like, I'll give you a great price, man. Like whatever, you know? And so the homeowner, when they're looking at that, they're like, great. Like I have 20 people who are going to do it the best job and at a good price. So to them now, like you don't stick out from anyone. And so your messaging is off and your positioning is off. Your positioning is how are you positioning yourself into the marketplace? Right? Mm -hmm. So what we do in step number one is we basically, we want to take price out of the discussion And I know that a lot of you listening to this right now might be so convinced that, you know, everybody just buys based off a price, but that's simply not true. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of people out there who are actually willing to pay quite a bit of money just to get the job done right. But the problem is, is that you need to have the foundational assets, marketing assets built into your business first so that you can actually command higher fees. Because if you don't have great testimonials, if you don't have really good pictures of your work, if you don't look like a premium quality company, how are you able to attract those premium quality jobs and command those fees? So step number one is we really like drill down, you know, how can we position you to be that higher quality company? Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. You know, it's so true. Uh, for the most part, you know, in those Facebook posts, it's like a race to the bottom. So basically what you're exactly. saying is stand out from the minute they read you know, from the minute they read your response or see your marketing, see yourself, you, you want to attract, I mean, if your goal is to be the highest, you know, there's nothing wrong with a goal that you want to be the highest paid contractor in your market. That's a great goal to have. I I think, because you know what, you're going to, you're going to end up working for, um, an elite group of people. And I'm not talking about, you know, necessarily the size of their house. Some of my nicest clients who were willing to spend the most money were in regular blue collar type neighborhoods because they just valued that quality mm-hmm. contractor 
And they more or less valued the experience I was giving them. It wasn't just, we're going to slap some tile in your house. It was like, no, we were going to hold, you know, have an experience from the way our trucks looked, the way our marketing was, you know, just having a website. It's just different. You know, the more money people have, the more they research a contractor, the more they're looking for those little details that they're like, you know what I mean? Because they don't mind. I mean, you don't mind buying a Rolex watch because you know it's going to last a lifetime and you're going to give it to your kids and they might give it to their kids. You know, there's people that don't mind buying nice things because they're, they yes. value it. In fact, would you say like you can you can have too low of a price? Um, I would absolutely agree with that. You know, it's like, um, I think that when you put your price super low, you run into a couple different issues. You, you know, you need more customers in order to make the same amount of profit, which means that your operations need to be more, um, sophisticated. You need like more operational management. That's so much more complicated to manage. You like just having more customers is going to cause more problems. Right. Um, so, and I, I worded that wrong. I I meant, um, so what I'm asking, I guess is what I meant to ask it was, yeah. was uh, when it comes to marketing, sure. um, specifically marketing, um, is there such a thing as, you know, too low of a price where people are like, why is it so low? <laughs> oh, for like actual marketing services? Yeah, uh, no, for, for a contractor who like, all right, let's say, you know, uh, three people give a price of, you know, $1,000 and then you come at 500 is that going to register like an alarm? Like, why is this guy too so much lower than everybody else? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, it's like you, you probably experienced those things in your own life where it's like you're looking at different products and then you see one product that's like the more expensive one and you see that one, you're like, huh, that one's more expensive. I don't really know why, but it's probably better and they go for it. Yeah. Now, oftentimes we, you and I both know that the more expensive one isn't always actually better but that can position you as like being a better quality one. So it's, you know, really what I tell a lot of contractors is there's no point in being cheaper because if you cannot be the cheapest possible contractor, then you're always going to lose that competition, right? If we're looking at business from a perspective of like gaining the edge, right? Mm -hmm. If you're cheap, you might as well be the absolute cheapest so that you can say, hey, we're the cheapest and then you get that type of customer. But if you cannot be the cheapest, then you either need to be the most expensive, right? Because that's another positioning strategy or you come up with some kind of other offer. So what we talk about in step number one is, well, you could go for measurable quality. So you can say, hey, we have a a lifetime warranty or we have a 10-year warranty or something, right? And so these are all different positioning strategies you could do. You could say, hey, we're the fastest to install, right? There's wow one day painting, right? Their claim to fame is we'll paint your house in one day. So there's all these different like positioning strategies you can pick, but you need to choose like, what am I? Am I going to be the most expensive? Am I going to be the least expensive? Am I going to be the best quality? Am I going to be the fastest? You need to know. Yeah. No, and thanks for bringing this up because I agree. There is, there's a time and a place to be the cheapest. If that's, if you can make it work with your margins and your profitability and your scalability, and that's your business, more power to you, more power to you. Like you understand that market a lot better than I do. I don't really understand that market. Uh, and the reason I don't talk about it a lot, most of my audience is, is on the other end of the spectrum. They're more mm-hmm. artisan style, um, owner operators. So we tend to talk, you know, favor them. 
But for the commercial guys out there that are listening, um, <laughs> you know, I don't mind, you know, I understand commercial and um, scalability and all that stuff is a whole nother, you know, ball game, which is very valid, you know? So thanks Matt for bringing that up. Well, let's get on to um, step number two in this book, mm-hmm. chapter number two. Yeah. So step number two is all about um, testimonials and like being able to collect testimonials in a systematic and strategic way. You know, a lot of times it's like, let's say that you're looking on Amazon and you're looking at two separate products. Like one is a one-star review. The other is a five-star review. You don't know too much about the product. Most people are going to pick the five-star product, right? Absolutely. And so what that's called is third-party validation. That's where we count on other people's opinion to basically tell us which one we should pick. And I would argue that um, referrals are uh, um, online reviews are basically the new referral. You know, it's like we look at online reviews and you were talking about those sophisticated buyers who might put a little bit more time into researching like, hey, this company, like what are their reviews like, right? And so in this stage, really what we do is we teach um, we teach contractors like how to actually systemize reviews so you can get more Google reviews for your business. I personally find that like Google reviews are probably the most valuable reviews you could get right now. Um, and so, you know, we teach like just easy things you can do to get reviews in an easy, but also ethical way, you know, whether that's like, just, um, just simply asking, like some people just don't even ask for reviews. That's one thing asking at the right time. You know, it's like, if you wait too long after a job to ask for a review, then you've kind of lost that moment of excitement, right? With the, you know, you ever buy a new car and then you drive it around. It's like the first month you're so excited. And then a couple months go by and you're like, ah, like, you know, and you're starting to think about other options or something. Maybe a year goes by, right? Yeah. So we want to catch them at that critical moment. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is just making it easy, like text them over a link that goes directly to leaving the review instead of just counting on them going through like all this work to be able to actually get there, you know? So that's step two is just really systemizing your review process and just putting your focus on reviews. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. I like that. I like that a lot. Do it quick, you know, before they, before they forget. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, what's this craft step three craft your sales landing page. Can you expand Mm -hmm. on that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's like, like you're familiar, like you've, you've done a lot of websites. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone listening to this has a website. If you don't like, you should probably get one. You can hit up Luke for that because he does that. Um, But, you know, it's like a website is one thing. It's like, okay, it's got all of your services on there. It's got an about thing. Like it's got a blog maybe, whatever. And that is going to be ranking over time in Google, hopefully if you're doing a good job of SEO. What a sales landing page is, is basically a very very simple one-page extension of your website that does just one thing, which is generate quotes. So it's very specific for one type of service you offer. So like let's say tiling, for example, you have some really nice before and after pictures on there. You've got your testimonials on there. And the only job of this little page is just to get people to reach out to you. Mm-hmm. So they either submit for a quote or they exit out. Like we don't want any other action. We're not linking to social media. We don't have like an about us section on there. It's very outward focused. And what I mean by that is like, here's what we can do for you. Not so much here's about us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the job of the landing page. Nice. Nice. I like it. Yeah, I like it. That's where they're going to, you know, we, we actually do one for each. Um, like we do one for a backsplash. If you do floors, we'll do a landing page for a floor. That way when they're Googling like flooring 
Toronto or whatever, you know, hopefully they'll land right on that specific page and then, you know, they don't have to see the whole site. Um, yeah, it's like the specialization of it is really what we want, right? Is them to come to that page and be like, whoa, this is exactly what I'm looking for. It's like tailored exactly for them, you know? Yeah. And that now you've got uh, step step four with Google Ads, master Google Ads, and that you spent a pretty good amount of time, which I was happy on, you know, <laughs> to, to see because I get a lot of questions about Google Ads. And mm-hmm. up until this point, I haven't really had anybody to, to send um, but what can you tell us about Google, Google ads? Yeah, I'll kind of, you know, it's, it's pretty like, there's a lot that I could talk about, but I'll give some high level tips that I've noticed, you know? So in the book, I try and kind of get a bit granular and go into it, but you know, I realize that like these platforms are always changing and like, there's just so much that's going on. So a lot of the time in it, I'll say like, you know, for more information, you can go here or whatever, but really what you need to know about Google ads is to you ultimately your goal is to rank to the very top, right? You want to be at the top five results, preferably the very top first, because that means more eyeballs are going to see you and then you're going to get more leads, right? I don't think I need to explain that. Sure. But, but really what comes down to ranking higher in Google ads is two things is your budget and the relevancy of your service compared to what people are searching for. Mm. What that means then is, okay, your budget, you can only, you can only do that so much, right? Like invest as much as you can. Sure. But then the other one, the relevancy is that Google ads isn't just pay to play. So that means that you can put a lot more work into the relevancy of your ad and actually outbid someone sometimes um, or outrank, sorry, someone who's spending more, but they're very broad. Mm -hmm. So what I recommend is when you're using Google ads is go like very specific. Like, Mm -hmm. so you don't want to be doing like the shotgun approach of like all these different types of keywords, you know, for everything. It's like, if you can go really specific on like 10 keywords that are all super related, then you're going to have a much better chance of bringing someone there for a lot cheaper. So then uh, the second thing is that a lot of people, what happens though, contractors will just like use their gut feeling to pick keywords. Like they'll just be like, yeah, like I think that this is what people are searching. I'm just going to put that keyword in like, you know, that one tile installation, like whatever. Uh, and they're kind of just guessing. Whereas what you really need to be using is something called a search engine uh, research tool. So you need to actually be using a tool that will show you like this many people search for it. This is what it costs per click. You can even like with some of these tools, you can pop in your competitor's website and then it will tell you what keywords they're using Mm -hmm. for advertising. And so that's kind of a ninja trick that I like to use because now we're doing everything based off of research, you know? So it's like, I know what we're going to spend and like, I know how many people are searching for. And so that's a really big one. It's just doing your research, having the tools that to actually do that properly. Right. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense for sure. And you offer, so you offer that service to contractors, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. I would say that Google ads is my favorite form of media for advertising contractors because there's so much intention when someone is Googling something and type in like best title contractor near me. It's like that person is actively looking for solutions for their problem, right? Mm. Whereas Facebook ads, and we do that as well, um, they bring you a lot more leads, but they're also going to be a little bit less qualified because people are kind of just stumbling upon the ad like based off of just whatever, right? And so um, it's still definitely a great media source, but it's a lot less qualified. And so... I just, yeah, I love Google ads because there's a lot, the the potential to get some really high end jobs are definitely like, it's more with Google for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Nice. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's targeted, right? So you're you're not just fishing in the ocean. You're fishing in a five-gallon bucket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's, there's a bunch of other tricks that I could share with Google Ads. Like, you know, I'll say another one, too, that, that I personally – uh, always recommend is like, just turn off the smart campaign feature. Like, so if you're listening to this right now and you're like running Google ads and you set it up yourself, there's like a 90% chance that you set up a smart campaign, which is basically Google ads on training wheels. Whereas like you can actually switch it. They literally call it this expert mode. So it's like mm. expert mode gives you so much more control. Um, smart ads, you know, you're actually spending money on like, just ads that they throw, throw into like other um, third party sources. So like you're spending money on stuff that's just not even useful. So that's like a pro tip I would give is just turn, like make sure that you're in expert mode and not um, smart campaigns because you're going to just spend a bunch of money for no reason. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good tip. Good tip. Thanks. <laughs> How about, um, I was curious about, you know, I, or I wasn't curious, but I wanted to dive into step six, uh, reaching mm-hmm. their inbox. Um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I think this is probably where a lot of contractors maybe are uncomfortable, especially with, you know, reaching out to their list mm-hmm. of, you know, their list of contacts. Yeah, absolutely. So before we ever start a campaign for uh, a contractor, I like to have the fastest, um, like speed to result, right? The fastest possible way to bring in some deals. So what we do is, um, you know, a lot of contractors, they'll have like lists of past leads that they've had in their pipeline or something. Let's say they have a list of like 150 people. I guarantee you, because most contractors are so busy that they just aren't following up with these leads. Maybe they'll talk to them like once or twice and then like they have to think about it and then the contractor forgets about them and that's it. Mm. Like I was talking to a contractor today, he didn't even have a CRM set up. Mm. So like, you know, real quick, easy way for, for us to land some deals for our clients is literally just, hey, can we just see your email list? And then we just set off a reactivation campaign through email and that's going to like, you know, guarantee there's, there's at least three jobs just sitting in there. Right. Um, and so this step is really just like, introducing email marketing into your business, whether that's like doing a reactivation campaign, like I just spoke about, or when someone requests a quote through the landing page, just having a simple email that says like, Hey, we received your request for a quote. We're going to reach out with you within 24 hours. Just sit tight. By the way, here's some pictures of our work. You can check this out. We're really looking forward to speaking with you soon. Thanks a lot, Luke. You know, it's like, that's a really simple, easy way to just reassure someone, Hey, we got your quote. We're going to reach out to you. Don't worry. Um, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, instead of just yeah. sitting there and being like, when is, when is this person going to reach out to me? So. Well, you don't know if they got it. I mean, you don't exactly, know, if, you yeah. know, in this day and age, we like that instant confirmation and it, it will stop them. I mean, this goes back to that positioning a little bit, right? Like yeah. it's just all about the feel. Like how does that person that, you know, potential client feel when they're reaching out to you and trying to connect with you, if they didn't get a hold of you, but they got a an auto reply, you know, all automated, all available to do with a CRM, like you mentioned. Um, they're gonna feel so much better, and they're gonna probably stop looking. You know, they're probably gonna stop looking if they don't. They'll they'll keep searching for another tile contractor if if you don't send them some sort of reply and say, hey, we're yeah. you know, even if it's just say we'll call you tomorrow, you know, or what. Or, it- Exactly. And here's the thing too, is like, if you do a good enough job of it, they won't even know that it's automated. They'll literally think that like you got it and you you reached out 
like we get tons of people who reply back because we have a very effective script in it um, where they'll reply back and they'll be like, Hey, thanks a lot, Luke. Like appreciate it. Looking forward to your call. Cause they don't even realize that it's automated. Mm. And here's the thing that like so many contractors too, when they're writing out these emails, they think they need to write from this like super corporate tone. Like we here at example tiling value your service and like just be a human being, talk one-to-one, mm-hmm. make it personal um, disclose like your name, you know, owner of the company, like people love to work with a small, a smaller, like specialized company. They love that. They're willing to pay for that. So like, don't feel like you need to go super professional corporate, have this crazy fancy graphics. Like you don't need to do any of that. Yeah. 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 They just want to, yeah, that's, it's a, it's a funny, it's like we hit that curve of, you know, the pictures were too polished, right? The, yeah. the graphics, the the marketing materials were too polished. They looked too, you know, too thought out, basically. You know, for yeah. lack of a better word, um, that's an that's an interesting development. Um, I like what you say. You know, people don't even realize they have two or three jobs in their contact list. Uh, we all know, you know, pretty much any contractor will agree that. Uh, a referral or a repeat client is the best client, right? Those are the best types of clients. But what most contractors don't realize is, I'm sorry, but your clients don't remember you. <laughs> um, yeah. You'd be shocked. I mean, I've had so many jobs. I had a job once and they they were just talking up their last tile guy. And it was just like three years ago. And I said, why didn't you hire? Finally, I'm like, why didn't you hire him? You keep talking about this guy, you know, and... They're like, we can't remember his name. We don't have a business card, nothing. I mean, and it was wow. like, it was just a matter of years because they, they sold their, that house and moved to a new one. So it wasn't like wow. a long, long time. So in this day and age, people's memories are a lot shorter than they used to be. They're getting inundated with more information. They're not going to remember you. I'm sorry. They might remember your face, but most of the time they're not going to remember your name or your phone number or where it was. Um, so staying in touch with people through emails, inboxes, mm-hmm. um, you know, marketing, other, you know, you know, follow them on social media, you know, interact with them from time to time. Let them know you're alive. When it comes to emails, how often is a good, like, do you do like quarterly emails or what would you say? Um, I would say like, you know, if a construction company wants to use email marketing effectively, I would say at least monthly. Like at least send a monthly email where you're like kind of updating them on what you're doing. But the reality is now is that people have so much like spam in their inbox and stuff. It's like, you know, bi-weekly wouldn't be a bad idea either. Like, to be honest, it's like, yeah, it's really, um, I think people are underestimating how much uh, competition there is Mm. for their attention. There's competition from other tiling contractors there's competition from just distractions, YouTube, mm-hmm. Facebook, all of these like funny videos, whatever. That's a, that's that's competing for their attention. And then there's also just the competition of them doing nothing, of them literally just being like, you know what, I don't need to do this to my floors or whatever. And it's like that is something also that you're fighting against as well, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Well, take us home. Uh, step seven is selling on social. Um, what mm. can people expect to find in that chapter? Yeah, so I think that um, main thing really to take away is that 
you know, a lot of contractors will overcomplicate social media. They're like, what do I post? How often do I post? Where do I post? Yeah. Really what you need to think about is like really best places to post for contractors is Facebook and Instagram because they're visual um, platforms, right? Like contracting is very visual. So just stick to the visual stuff. Mm-hmm. How often sh- should you post as much as you possibly can? Like that, that's basically how much attention do you want? That's, that's really the question that you're asking. And then what to post, it's really simple. The best thing that you can post is anything that shows proof about your business. So what I mean by proof is like proof of your skills. So showing before and after pictures of your work constantly is going to provide proof to people that, hey, this guy really knows what he's doing. Like that transformation was amazing. Like, you know, people will be able to actually see it. And then also just showing proof that like you're a growing company, right? Like showing pictures of your truck, showing pictures of your crew. Hey, we just hired someone new this month. Check them out. Here's a little bio about them, Hmm. right? Like you're showing proof that like, wow, this company is growing. Like people want to work with a company that's growing instead of a company that's dying, right? Like you don't feel very good about hiring a company that you know is like on the downslope. You're like, oh, like that's a little bit. So you kind of always want to be showing like your, your growth and your success. And I know that, you know, that may make people feel a little bit uncomfortable. They're like, well, I don't want to be braggadocious. I don't want to seem like I'm, you know, just like kind of just bragging on social media, you know, but what you have to realize is that you really have to, if you're not comfortable showcasing that, then no one else is going to do that for you. And so you have to show people like, Hey, our company is growing. Like we got this award on home stars or whatever, you know, even just those little badges, like best of 2022 or whatever, that counts for something. Mm. So it's just all these little things. And so I really summarize, like, use social media as a, a media feed to show consistent proof over a long period of time that you are the real deal. That's basically it. Nice, nice. I like that. I like it. Makes sense to me. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, and giving sharing these insights. It's been It's been a valuable conversation. And this book, um, like I'm saying, I mean, I can't thank you enough for um, for writing this book. And you have you're going to give some of these away, right? Yeah, absolutely. So a special gift that I want to give away on this podcast is uh, if you're listening to this right now, you want to check out the book. I've got the ebook and the audio book. I'll give it to you away for free. All you have to do is go to contractormarketingbook.com, and then you can get it there for free. So. That's how you can uh, check it out. Um, let me know what you think. I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can reach out to me. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast, man. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'll put the link to marketing um, contractor book. Was that? That's, it was the contractormarketingbook.com. That's an awesome URL. But I'll, I'll put the, <laughs> how did you score that? I'll put the link in the, in the, if you're watching this on YouTube, just look in the, in the description. If it's in a podcast player, same thing. And you'll find the link there for a free audio and digital version of this book. It's a great little book. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, man. All right. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day. You too. All right, Tile friends, we'll talk to you uh, talk to you again next week. Until then, uh, please, please, please stay profitable out there, Tile friends. All right, take it easy. Over and out.